This is the Vegetarian Zen Podcast, episode number 148. Welcome to Vegetarian Zen, a peaceful place for vegetarians, vegans, and the veg curious to share tips for living a healthy lifestyle. Now sit back, relax, and prepare to get your veg on. Hey there, veg hunters. Welcome back to Vegetarian Zen. My name is Vicki. And this is Larissa. In today's episode of our podcast, we're going to be sharing nine ingredients that you can easily make at home instead of buying their processed versions at the store. So uh, this is really interesting because, you know, we've gotten some new kitchen equipment lately that we've Uh, that has really helped us to achieve buying less at the store because you have more control over what you put in it um, as opposed to just praying (laughs) that you... (laughs) Or reading uh, like tons and tons of labels. labels Or just praying that, you know, if it says 100% natural, it It is. It actually is, yeah. yeah. So, all right, but first, yay, we have a rating. Yay. All right, it's it's from the United States on March 14th, 2016, from Colleen the Cleveland Vegan, who says, these gals are fantastic. Did I read that with the right emphasis? I don't know. Time? Is that a Cleveland accent, though? Is oh, that- I don't know. I don't know. I don't know a Cleveland accent. Is there a Cleveland uh, I accent? I don't know, but it sounded a little uh, Southern, the well, way you read it. I was trying to it, just so. like, emphasize the exclamation point. Oh, okay. Because okay. last time I know I didn't I didn't emphasize it as much. So Maybe these that was gals your... are fantastic. <laughs> Maybe that was just your Southern accent okay. coming out. <laughs> All right. But uh, do I have a Southern accent? Not really. <laughs> I kind of have like a whoever I'm with accent. Yeah, you do do that. A lot of people do that though. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Colleen, back to Colleen. So Colleen says, my friend recommended this podcast, but I was skeptical to say the least. As a committed vegan, I didn't think I would learn much new information. Boy, was I wrong. Coincidentally, I was walking to my favorite tea store when the tea podcast came up. I had no idea how important organic was to the tea trade. Thanks, guys, for an interesting discussion on things I thought I knew all about. Oh, and nutritional yeast, who knew? So interesting, yet I still don't think it tastes like cheese. One last thing, quit hating on decaf coffee. Some of us have stomach issues with the caffeine, but enjoy the taste. (laughs) Smiley face. I don't... Have, did we? Did I? Uh, did we do I that? Think we probably have made some disparaging remarks in the past, just because of it has no caffeine. So what's oh, the point? Oh yeah, but, yeah. But maybe. point taken, Colleen. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we saw you walking to the tea store. That's why we started talking about. That's tea. right. <laughs> we're always with you. Okay, we're gonna make Colleen leave now. <laughs> Welcome, Colleen, and yeah, thank you for thank the you. great, great uh, rating. Really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, so let's dive into the main topic. Which okay. is how to buy less processed foods at the store. Yeah. How to make how make to make stuff. stuff at home. Right. Yeah. All right. So several things recently, as Vicky was saying in the beginning, um, have made us really want to buy less processed food, uh, you know, if at all possible. So the first thing is a couple episodes ago in uh, number 144, we did the topic MSG. And it really made us realize exactly how pervasive this stuff is in processed food and plus uh, plus other food additives, not just MSG. Yeah, I, know, I think the thing that really hit me the hardest was that long list of things that MSG can be disguised as. Mm-hmm. And then we started reexamining our pantry and some of the things we thought we were buying that were pretty healthy. And we were like, 
Zoinks? <laughs> That's exactly what we said. Zoinks. Uh, jinkies. But, uh, jinkies. Um, yeah, it's like a big Scooby-Doo episode around our house. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we, when you start looking back at those labels again, you know, you just realize that you can't, it's really, really difficult to get away from it. Um, and then, so that was episode 144. And then in last week's episode, number 147, we talked about natural flavors, the words natural flavors. And again, I mean, just because it says natural flavors on the label doesn't mean that it's good, right? It's not necessarily good stuff. So. Exactly. Uh, so there are those. And then the other reason that we get, that got us started uh, wanting to really buy less processed food is because we just recently invested in a pressure cooker. We have gotten a lot of use out of that recently. Yeah, yeah. A and lot I since I'm, we got it. I keep finding like more ways to more things to do in it, different kinds of things. And um, so so far we've made I've done the steel cut oatmeal several times for you for breakfast. Had that this morning, and I got to say I love it. I love steel cut oatmeal. Um, I, it's one of those things that I look at and I really wish I liked it and it smells good and it looks good but I just can't I, I just can't like it I mm. just don't um but so we've done, we've done the oatmeal several times I've done I did lentil stew I did I've done too much lentil beans. stew though it was a lot do half <laughs> of it said, next time yeah. she I, said we have a lot of lentils just we're having lentils with everything for a while and growing but uh, you might want done, to check your uh, portions on yeah. that. We did refried beans several times. Those I've are good. Done the candied uh, lemon peels, which I need to adjust the recipe again. But they were good. Um, done a few other things, so it's really, really coming in handy. Mm-hmm. And I just realized that there are so many other things besides like actual meals that you can use this for. So things like. Um, some of the things we'll talk about, it's like vegetable stock and, and tomato sauce and things like that, but we'll, we'll get into that. Um, and I think our Vitamix use also is uh, something that we're going to be talking about in a little bit yeah. too, right? We'll get to use that more too. Uh, so if you'd like to learn more about our pressure cooker, we actually have the, um, it's the Instant Pot uh, IP Duo 60, I think is what it is. But if you'd like to learn more about that and, you know, kind of when we first started using it and a little bit of our review of it, you can check out episode 146, um, using a pressure cooker to create healthy vegetarian food. And that's that. So... You guys should also know that before Larissa and I invest in any sort of equipment for anything, really, but when you know, speaking of kitchen equipment here, we usually do a lot of research (laughs) just on a personal level, not just because we do this podcast, because we, of course, we want to make sure we're recommending things that are would add value to you, but. Just on our own, we're very heavy into research of a lot of things. And actually, this is a big reason why we were comfortable starting this podcast because we we research everything. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. so let us do that for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, it, and it's not just it's not just kitchen equipment. I mean, vacuum cleaner. That's what I mean. Yeah, cable boxes. I mean everything. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. All right. All right. So let's start with these nine. And I say ingredients kind of in quotes because most of these are are things that you don't, you won't normally eat on your own. I mean, they're kind of components of recipes. Yeah. So the first one is vegetable stock. Now, I know you did a little bit of analysis here, Larissa, Mm -hmm. on Swanson's 100% natural vegetable broth, which is what we used to buy before, correct? That was, yeah, a long time ago when, when, before we were, um, 
Well, I guess after we became vegetarian, because before we became vegetarian, I used to buy chicken or beef broth. But mm-hmm. uh, when we first became vegetarian, then I switched to the the vegetable broth. But I would get like a brand like Swanson's or um, the, whatever the other brands are. And uh, then after that, I started kind of reading labels more. So I switched to the organics, like the Pacific Foods organic, you know, which is better. And we'll talk about that in a second, but still. So so the first point is homemade, homemade is healthier. Yes, right? healthier. So yeah, if you want to look at, I just went online and I went to Swanson's and it's so funny to me that their label on the vegetable broth actually says 100% natural on the label. And then I went and looked at the ingredients. So the ingredients are vegetable broth, which is prepared from water and concentrated juices of carrot, celery, and onion. And then it says, contains less than 2% of salt, high fructose corn syrup, Mm. vegetable flavor blend, which is vegetables, uh, carrots, onions, and celery, salt, sugar, potato flour, carrot powder, and then flavoring, dextrose, autolyzed yeast extract, ding, 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 MSG, Mm -hmm. natural flavoring, monosodium glutamate, which it specifically says (laughs) MSG, disodium something or other, something else and citric acid Mm, that does not sound natural to me no it doesn't at all and i mean vegetable broth it should be vegetables and water right right right. and uh and so that swanson's has uh per serving 940 milligrams of sodium wow yeah so the the other the second reason to make your own vegetable stock or broth is that homemade is less expensive so like i was saying you know if you want to kind of avoid all those additives and and stuff in there you can go with a brand like pacific foods organic vegetable broth if you know if you can find it in your area and the ingredients in that are water carrots onions celery tomatoes mushrooms leeks sea salt garlic savory leaf and ground bay leaf so i mean much cleaner on the ingredients list right but you're Mm going to pay a lot more for it. right right you know and this is the reason we were reading the other one. Not to, it's not really to pick on Swanson's because a lot of them are sure like that. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, well, there's a lot. Know. They they a lot of times they do that. I mean, because it's cheap and because it's uh, gives it shelf life. You know what I mean? Yes. That kind of. Thing. I'm not mm-hmm. defending it by any means. I'm just saying that that was commonplace for a long mm-hmm. time. You know, mm-hmm. so it's good to see some other brands coming up that give you an alternative. But again, I think homemade is so much better because you can. Uh, flavor it to your liking you can Mm -hmm. you know and you can also you also are putting everything in there yourself yes exactly and you know i did it i made vegetable broth or stock one time before we got the pressure cooker and it was pretty easy then so what the pressure cooker does if you have one is it just speeds up the process and so basically what you do and the good thing about this that i love too is it's using every bit of your vegetables so what I do is I keep a Ziploc bag in the freezer for for the following things. So when I cook with vegetables, I'll save the ends of like celery, carrots, and onions. And when I get a new um, thing of celery, I just chop off the whole end thing, you know, where oh, yeah. it all yeah. attaches, it attaches. And I just chuck there. that in the bag, and then we'll have the celery stalks in a bag in the fridge. Um, so vegetable ends, stems of herbs, fresh herbs, uh, broccoli stems, whole veggies like carrots or celery that are kind of on their way out. So mm-hmm. you've had them for a while. You know you probably are not going to use them in the next day or two. They're, you know, they're not rotten or anything or they're not moldy, but they just need to 
do something with them. So just throw them in that bag. When the bag's full in your freezer, just um, bring it to uh, room temperature or, you know, let them thaw. Add it to a pot or your pressure cooker. Add four to five cups of water, not 45, four to five (laughs) cups of water. Bring it to a boil and then simmer until the veggies are like really good and soft and cooked. And uh, you're not going to eat them, so it's okay if they're mushy. And then just strain it, let it cool, and then you can freeze it. And I know that some people will use ice cube trays to freeze small portions. But what I like to do, because most recipes will call for like um, vegetable broth in cup, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. quantities. So one cup, three cups, five cups, whatever. So I will uh, freeze mine in one cup portions in the little Pyrex things. Um, I'll use a two cup Pyrex dish and just fill it half full and that's a cup. Um, And then just freeze it like that pop those out when they're frozen and stick them in a bag and put them in the freezer. And Very then, cool. Yeah. Super cool. easy. All right. Well, we still have eight more to go yeah, through. I, so. better, <laughs> I better stop talking. <laughs> oh, okay. So the next one is gluten-free flours. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about some reasons to make your own flours. Okay. Well, again, expense, much less expensive than buying pre-milled flours, especially if you're looking for organic. Um, and then for organic, it's those are even harder to find gluten free. It's hard in some areas still to find organic of just like regular flour, much less if it's gluten free. Good luck. Okay, so Bob's Red Mill brand has a large line of gluten free flours, but none of their products are organic, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And then Arrowhead Mills has a large line of organic flours, but most of those are not gluten free. Right. I was telling Larissa, maybe just mix them up and then get a hodgepodge. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so if um, somebody could combine the best of both of those, organic and gluten free, that would be a really good. Or if you guys know of one, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, let maybe us there's know one out there, if let, you have let any us brands. Know, and we'll share it with the others. Right. So a couple of these that we'll just mention real fast, uh, chickpea flour. And I wanted to try this because it's really high in fiber, iron, and protein because it's made, it's all it is is ground chickpeas. Um, it's also called bison or gram flour. And it's used a lot in Mediterranean, Middle Eastern, Moroccan foods, um, like to make breads and pastries. And I'll, I'll have a recipe. What we're doing for the recipe of the week, I'll just tell you now, is everything we talk about here, I'll have a link to a recipe for how to make it. Very cool. So we'll have that recipe. All right. And then there's almond meal and flour. Okay. So what's the difference between almond meal and flour? Okay. So almond flour is more finely ground, and it's generally made from skin, skinned or blanched almonds. Mm-hmm. And then almond meal is coarser, and it's made from almonds with the skin still on. Okay. So, and I've made almond meal before. Um, it's a byproduct of making homemade almond milk. So when you take that pulp and you squeeze all that, after you you um, blend everything together and you squeeze the pulp and run it through a strainer and all that stuff, uh, take that pulp and dry it out. Just put it on like a parchment paper on a... On a jelly roll pan and, Mm -hmm. you know, put it in the oven, dry it out. um, And then just kind of run that through a food processor to break it down into a meal. Okay, let's move on to brown rice flour. Okay, so I have not tried this yet, but I do want to. Um, Apparently, it's really easy to make your own brown rice flour, just using dry brown rice and a Vitamix. Mm -hmm. Um, If you don't have a Vitamix, I think that it might be a little bit difficult to do this because the the 
flour, I mean, the, the rice, because it's uncooked rice, it's really hard. And I don't know how a regular blender would process that. It's got to be a high-powered blender, mm-hmm. definitely a high-powered blender of the Vitamix um, uh, variety. Ilk. <laughs> ilk. Yeah, there you go. There you go. It's a funny word, ilk. Um <laughs> But appropriate. All right. Uh-huh. Uh, so, uh, and then the other thing is um, flaxseed meal. You can also do in a Vitamix or in a food processor. Um, you know, just a little bit at a time as you as you pulse the the flax seeds. Just do a little bit at a time so it doesn't get too hot and turn into because it does have oil in it. And just like with um, nuts, you know, if you're trying to make a um, like a nut flour, you don't want to pulse it too much and get it going too much or that'll release those oils and it'll turn into butter. So you don't want to do that. All right. The third thing to consider making on your own as opposed to buying the processed version from the store are plant milks. Now, this is something we had done. We had been doing for a while, but then we kind of went back because I think we got away from milk mm-hmm. for a little bit. Like we weren't having a, much cereal or anything. We just weren't using. We weren't using we it. Used it to make almond. Yeah. And uh, we even have a YouTube video. Mm-hmm on how to make, Larissa made a video on how to make your own almond milk. So let's talk about some of the reasons why we should consider making our own. Right. And, you know, the reasons for all these different things are pretty much going to be about the same, you know, across the board is store-bought plant milk, whether it's soy milk or almond or hemp or rice or whatever it is, usually has a lot of added stuff. So, for example, silk original soy milk, right? Not, yeah, that's a common just, brand too. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, filtered water, soybeans, cane sugar, vitamin and mineral blend. And in parentheses, it has like a whole bunch of stuff like tricalcium phosphate and calcium carbonate and all this stuff. Sea salt, natural flavor, um, and then <laughs> some sort of gum, I don't know. Mm. Uh, but I mean, you know, when I make almond, and I'm sure it's similar for the silk almond milk, and it's going to have the same additives just with almonds instead of soybeans. When I make almond milk, it's almonds and water, mm-hmm. organic almonds and water. Right. Um, and then the second reason, again, is store-bought is expensive compared to, I mean, even though it's expensive, organic almonds are expensive. You buy them in bulk and you can get a lot of milk out of, you know, um, a bag of, of almonds that you buy. So Yeah. And you can also make a lot of other different types of milks like soy, rice, hemp, and things of that nature. Right. And with the, if you do it yourself, then you have you can make that almond meal and make that into flour. And so That's you're getting right. like triple use. Yeah. Out of it. And less waste. Right. So yes. you're using everything. Mm-hmm. Every and there's no carton to recycle or anything. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's move on to number four, which is tomato sauce. Tomato sauce. Tomato sauce. Tomato sauce. All right. So <laughs> again, reasons to make your own. So if you buy a tomato sauce in the can, you can end up with stuff that you don't want for and I'm going to do an example again Del Monte tomato sauce I just went online and looked at their ingredients so it's tomato puree which in parentheses is water and tomato paste and then salt corn syrup dried peppers and citric acid and citric acid um, if you've heard episode 144 the MSG episode that's one of those that can possibly be an, an alternate name for msg Mm -hmm. so the other thing is about the cans right a lot of the cans are still lined with bpa Mm -hmm. uh, which is um which can seep into the food yes yeah it's that uh, chemical that bisphenol a and possible health effects um uh, negative health effects have been shown uh from bpa so to affect the brain negatively behavior also and then um prostate problems Mm. and and now you are we are starting to see a lot of brands that are 
removing that BPA from the liner of their canned goods. And you'll see it on there. I'll say, you know, BPA free liner or something like that. But, but still, if you can make your own, why not? Yeah. And what's cool is you can pick your own tomatoes. So mm-hmm. you go and you hand pick your tomatoes or mm-hmm. you go to the farmer's market and pick up some tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. And you can use different varieties, kind of try different ones. It'll, you'll get different results and, you know, kind of, kind of experiment until mm-hmm. you find what you like the best. Right. You know, the other thing about a lot of those tomato uh, sauce or paste, which we're about to talk about in a second, is they always taste so generic to mm-hmm. me. They're all the same. I mean, obviously, they're all made in the same place. It just doesn't have any pizzazz to it, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I mean, when you make your own, if you want to add some garlic or if you want right. to add fresh herbs, you know, if you like basil, but you don't like fresh oregano mushrooms or whatever, and things like that. you yeah. can do that. Yeah. Um, all right. And then um, tomato sauce I use in a lot of recipes, like my, uh, the enchilada sauce that I make uses um, for oh, one recipe so is eight ounces of tomato that sauce. That enchilada sauce is so good. Thanks. And, uh, but see, if I do this, then I can just make it in bulk and freeze it. And then I won't have to have those cans in the fridge. I mean, in the pantry. All right, let's move into tomato paste. Okay, so number five, tomato paste. Reasons to make your own, again, similar to everything else. Um, you can get stuff that you don't want. And as an example, Hunt's tomato paste. Uh, and you notice I'm, I'm like picking on different brands and companies here. So <laughs> I'm an equal opportunity. Yeah. Um, uh, but anyway, a Hunt's tomato paste has, okay, and I don't understand this, but the first ingredient of tomato paste is tomato paste. <laughs> I don't understand that. So the ingredients are tomato paste, spices, natural flavors, and citric acid. Hmm. I don't I don't get that, but okay, okay whatever. Um, so paste is a little bit more labor intensive than sauce, but it still seems pretty easy to do. Um, and I'll have a, a link to a... Um, recipe on how to do it. All right, and then you can uh, freeze it mm-hmm. as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, any of these you can freeze. Even yeah. the even the ones that we'll talk about next, you can freeze. All right. So talking about next breadcrumbs. Breadcrumbs, right? So good good way to use up old bread before it gets moldy. So if you have if you know, and especially if you make bread, because then you know that it's it doesn't have any added ingredients and all that stuff. But when you make bread at home, it doesn't last very long because there's no added stuff, right? Right. So you can eat it for a couple days, but then it's going to get kind of stale and not, you know, good for sandwiches or whatever it is that you're doing. But before it gets moldy, you can use it to make breadcrumbs. And uh, so the other thing is you control what's in your breadcrumbs. Um, And as an example, and I have bought this brand before. I don't have any right now, but uh, Ian's Italian Panko breadcrumbs. The ingredients are rice flour, xanthan gum, salt, garlic powder, onion powder, leavening, which is sodium bicarbonate and glue, something I can't pronounce, (laughs) canola oil, sugar, yeast, spices, and ascorbic acid. So if I made homemade bread and we had some leftover and I wanted to make some breadcrumbs you know it would be in my breadcrumbs bread it would be (laughs) it would be yeast flour water salt and then whatever spices and herbs I wanted to add if I wanted to add like make it Italian I would do like you know fresh oregano or basil or thyme or whatever so that's it all right moving on to croutons right and so croutons are 
super easy and it's the same procedure as breadcrumbs um so basically to you know when you do breadcrumbs at home um just cut your bread up into one to two inch cubes and then just dry it in the oven you know kind of spread them out dry the dry it stir them around and then just put them in a bag and crush them with a rolling pin or put them in a food processor and that's it so croutons same thing just don't crush the cubes (laughs) it doesn't get much simpler than that right right all right, moving on to herbs and spice blends. Now, I'm I'm really excited to start to see the uh, our garden boxes outside mm-hmm. fill up with herbs again. That's mm-hmm. awesome. If we can keep the squirrels away from some. Oh of my that. gosh, the squirrels are <laughs> digging up my carrots. I'm gonna put some netting or something over that. <laughs> Little turds. Uh, uh, okay, so specifically things like taco seasoning and seasoned salt, and the taco seasoning, by the way, is amazing. Yeah, I make. make that a lot. I make it in bulk. Um, we have a link to the taco seasoning recipe that we have on our website, but I make it in bulk, and then I just recycle the. Um, I recycled a a spice jar Mm -hmm. and then I have it in there um, to use. And then if it kind of, if I make more than that, then I'll just keep it in a a glass container and then just refill that jar. And you can also make your own chili powder, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the thing about chili powder that I didn't realize is that really what chili powder is, is just a blend of other spices. Hmm. It really is. It's so when you like go to the store and you see chili powder, right? It is actually um, a blend of paprika, garlic powder, cayenne pepper, onion powder, oregano, and cumin. And if you've ever looked for organic chili powder, it's hard to find. Um, Now, I know McCormick has an organic chili powder, but I won't buy McCormick products. So organic is hard to find. And when you do find it, it's expensive. But with this in mind, you can make your own you know, and buy the ingredients organic and then just make it in bulk. And I use a lot of chili powder. And as you mentioned, we'll have a link to all of these, uh, how to make different, uh, your own versions of these. Mm -hmm. Right. All right. So moving on to vanilla extract. All right. Number nine. So basically it's vanilla extract is just infusing vanilla beans in alcohol. So it's drunk vanilla beans. (laughs) Yeah. So, and I haven't tried this again. It's one of the things that I have on my list to try, but I have not tried it yet. Um, But I've, I've read that it's really easy to do. It's, and you can use different alcohols. So vodka has the most neutral flavor. Uh, But you can also use bourbon, brandy, rum, and that'll give you like unique flavors, right? Yeah. So it'll be kind of customized. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Mm, Cool. And we'll have a recipe on how to do that. It's it's super easy. All right. So there you have it. Nine different foods that you should consider doing yourself as opposed to buying the processed version. And I think a lot of this, the the reason we chose these two is because they're not really super, super hard. No. Mm -mm. There are little changes you can make here and there, even if it's just the breadcrumbs or the croutons or something along that nature. Right. That's what I like is that they're little, like you said, little changes, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's just, it's, there's something good about doing that. It gives you a sense of accomplishment you know, because it's just something little, but you know that, hey, that's one less thing I yeah. have to buy at the store. That's a little less MSG that I'm putting yeah. into my body. That's that's very, that's mm-hmm. a good feeling. Yep. All right. So we already discussed that the quote, I'm sorry, the recipes this week will be, there'll be links to homemade versions of the foods that we discussed in this episode. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to the quote of the week. The quote this week is from Adele Davis, and she said, We are indeed much more than what we eat, but what we eat can nevertheless help us to be much more than what we are. 
That's great. I mean, that, you know, and you and I, we're, in our next episode, we're going to talk about some another health challenge that you've been dealing with. Uh, but, you know, I was telling you that when you and I were discussing some of this. I was saying, you know, it really is as the more we do this podcast, the more I see how important food is as medicine to us. Essentially, mm-hmm. it heals. Mother Nature gives us what we need. We right. just need to be we just need to be doing what we need to do because I mean, or eating what we need to eat because what's good for us, because um, I, that does affect who we are. Right. I mean, it affects how we feel on a daily basis, which impacts what you can do. Right. And it, it also impacts your mood, which impacts other people in turn, you know, how relationships, you treat people, yeah, how exactly. you, you know, how you interact with people, um, your productivity, mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. So it's all inter- intertwined. All right. So what's the question this week? Question. Uh, do you make any ingredients like we've been talking about from scratch instead of buying processed versions? And if you make any any or all of the ones that we talked about, that's great. If you have any others, we want to know about those too so we can try them and, and let other people know about them as well. Real quick, I just wanted to give a shout out to our Peas and Carrots Society on Facebook, which is our closed Facebook group. We've gotten quite a few new members too many to even name them uh but welcome new members and uh you know it's just such a great group of folks to hang out with uh really really feel good about the vibe in this group it's a really uh i you know i don't get to go in there as much as you do but i do little uh splurge catching up <laughs> sessions and the conversations are just amazing and so, i tell you about a lot of them yeah that yeah you, that you She'll miss say, go yeah. check this one out um so Shout out to Peas and Carrots. Peas and Carrots. And if you're not a member, please feel free to go out and request to join. Yep. I think that does it for our episode this week. Until next time, peace out. Bye. Thanks for joining us today on Vegetarian Zen. We've created a free resource for you to show you five ways to sneak more fruits and veggies into your diet. You can download it right now by visiting vegetarianzen.com. Until next time, wishing you a happy body and a healthy mind.